it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Hello, I'm Jim Salverson. Happy Friday to you. This is the only daily Premier League podcast. It is Football Social Daily and we have reached finally the last day of the week ahead of another weekend of Premier League action. There's loads to talk about today. But before we get into that, don't forget to press the button that makes sure you get the next episode of this podcast as soon as it's ready. That's subscribe if you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify. You can click the follow button. However you listen to your podcast, there'll be a way to do it. So as soon as we're done today, make sure you do that. So... As I said, there is loads to talk about on today's show. It was a clean sweep for English teams in the Europa League last night with Wolves and Manchester United both joining Arsenal in the last 16. We'll take a look back at last night's victories. We'll also be asking, is Mason Greenwood the next Wayne Rooney? And if he is, should Mrs Greenwood start to get worried? Plus, there are rumours about Pep Guardiola's departure from Manchester City. They're getting really loud now. Do we need to stop ignoring them? And as well as that, we're going to discuss some of the rumours doing the rounds as we're getting close to the transfer window, which means there's going to be a load of throffing at the mouth journalists talking about potential transfers. And we'll get our fancy football advice from the guru of fancy football, Kieran towards the end of the podcast as well. Got Marley Anderson here to chat through that. Hello, Marley. Hello. We've also got Fergal Brennan. Hello. Right, Fergal. Hello. Good morning. Morning. The breaking news at this present time is that Jurgen Klopp has just signed a brand new contract with Liverpool. We'll touch on this briefly. He is now committed to the club to 2024, which is good news for Liverpool and bad news for everyone else, pretty much, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think any Liverpool fan who who woke up to that news on their Twitter feed this morning will be absolutely delighted. Um, I'm just surprised, as we mentioned before we started recording, uh, long contracts for managers don't really seem to be in vogue. But then, mm. based on Brendan Rodgers signing a new deal at Leicester, who are now the second best team in the country, according to the Premier League table, um, maybe, maybe it is coming back into fashion. Uh, as for Klopp, this is a big change in direction for him. It will be the longest he's ever stayed at a club before mm. as manager. Um, but it just, again, it's a, it's a difficult one to read too far into the future. I think it's a demonstration of the club's commitment to keeping him and how everything that's been good about Liverpool Football Club for the last 
two and a half years has been centred around the work of Klopp. Uh, Liverpool know that under no circumstances can they afford to lose him in the near future. Um, and I think Klopp himself has, has bought into the club and, and the direction they're moving in. He's done a superb job at Liverpool, there's no denying <laughs> that. And it's quite rare that you get a manager that's quite as universally loved at a club, is it? That Jurgen Klopp is godlike on Merseyside. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that can say anything bad about him. As soon as you bring that European Cup back to Merseyside, then all your all your detractors go away. Um, I just hope that uh, we have five more years of Klopp against Guardiola. Really, to be honest, I hope Pep stays and it hopes uh, it turns into just a, a war every year. Like because when they're both at the top, like mm. the competition is just ridiculous. Like the standard is so high, and they've pushed each on each other on so much. That the Premier League's a better place, and you see that in Europe now. Like, look at um, all the European teams, all the English teams in Europe got through. All the uh, Champions League, there was no drama there, straight through. No one was in trouble. Everyone was, was all English final last year, so it's only having a positive uh, impact on the Premier League as a whole, I think. In truth, though, a new contract, four years, means very little, doesn't it? And we'll talk about Guardiola and his future in England in a minute and also about whether his contract is worth the paper it's written on. If a manager wants to leave or a club want to get rid of a manager, they go. That's the end of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a, as I said, it's a PR statement from the club. I think at the moment, as things stand, all parties are absolutely delighted with how things are going. Mm. But that is ultimately determined by the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. If Liverpool want to make that... <clears throat> that next step up if they want to consistently win the Premier League or be in the top two, if they want to retain the Champions League or be right there season on season on season. We all know that investment is the name of the game. Jurgen Klopp is going to want £100 million to spend on someone. Mm. Liverpool, you know, we have to look at their transfer record. Their, their record in comparison to the other big sides in Europe is less. The, you know, Van Dijk is still their record. Am I right in saying that? Mm-hmm, £75 yeah. million for Van Dijk. Yeah. The 100 million mark is going to be broken more and more in the next few seasons. Liverpool are going to want to be in that conversation and the club will have no choice but to back Klopp because, as I said before, the club are well aware everything is tied into him. He is central to everything that happens. I guess it's that cycle thing as well that we're talking about more and more in football. We saw it with Pochettino at Spurs. It feels like we're seeing it at Manchester City with Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp if he is going to be there for the next four years, needs to enter that next cycle of his team. So he needs to have the younger players coming in yep. and the replacements for Salah and whatnot all ready lined up. Yeah, and I think that's what separates excellent managers from great managers. Building a team, then breaking it down, building another one, potentially building a third mm. one. We talk about uh, Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger. That's that's the cycle, that's the system, that's the way things have to be done. We're seeing that, as you say, less and less, not just in the Premier League, across Europe. We're seeing kind of a three-season window for the majority of, of the top managers. There's the potential for that to change now with, as we said, Klopp and Guardiola, which we'll touch on in, in a minute. But that is the measure of a manager in terms of if they want to be mentioned in the in the real realms of greatest managers of all time. You have to build a team, break it down, build another one and be successful again. It's a hell of a challenge. Right, let's talk about the clubs involved in the Europa last night then. Manchester United flew into the next stages of the Europa League. 4-0 thumping of AZ Alkamar. Wolves beat Besiktas 4-0, an impressive result for them. And Arsenal drew 2-2 away at Standard Liège. So who had the most impressive result? Out of those three... Arsenal. (laughs) Well, you say that. I mean, they were 2-0 down. They were 2-0 down. Comeback Kings. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's it, the so point. They were 2-0 down. So genuinely, do you think Arsenal had the better result? No. 
I'm taking it. <laughs> I think it's a terrible result. Leeds are genuinely not a very good team, yeah. really. In, in if you compare them, but the result was almost as bad as the pitch. Oh, <laughs> there, well, early excuse from Fergal uh, <laughs> piling in. Um, I think Wolves. To be fair, like mm. Wolves. I know Alkmaar are doing very well in in Holland. Um, I think the three points off Ajax and have the best defense in in the Eredivisie, but they were. Let's be honest; they're not as good as Ajax. They're not as good as PSV. So Man United were expected to win that game. Besiktas have that um, intimidation thing of that that factor of oh Christ, this is this is going to be tough. It's going to be a, a good team. But Wolves have now went and beat them home and away. Mm. Um, absolutely smashed them last night. I think Jota came on, and, and fifteen minutes, twenty minutes later, he scored a hat trick. Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. To score his hat trick. Wow. There you go. So I mean, he's starting to come into form now, Jota. So. I don't know. Maybe later on, the the uh, the guru might pick Jota. Who knows? We'll did, see. Did we not give Wolves enough respect earlier on in the season? When I think we most of us stood in the studio and said they're going to find it tough this season. The Europa League is going to be difficult for them. They've not got the squad depth to compete in that in the Premier League. And it was a little bit touch and go for the first couple of weeks, but they seem to have adapted really well and they've done well in the Premier League and they seem to be flying in the Europa as well. Yeah, I think they're making mugs of us all, not just in on this podcast. I think many football fans would have had this conversation. Um, but I think that's because we all, to some degree, fall into the trap of, we look at that seventh place side, we never talk about them as being a top six side. We mm. always talk about who's going to get the, you know, the last Europa place, best of the rest and, and all, that, all that jazz. But we're in a situation now where they've actually potentially cracked it, recruited very cleverly in the summer. Yes, they do have more money than many other sides that have finished seventh in the past, mm. but They've used the money intelligently. Jimenez and Dendonka, who were on loan last season, brought them in on permanent deals. That was the first piece of business they did. And I think what they did at the start of the season was very, very sensible. They stayed steady. They, I think they drew four or five of their first half a dozen uh, Premier League games. And that's crucial. Just don't lose. They weren't setting the world on fire. And, you know, they were hovering above the relegation zone. But they weren't getting beat. They weren't having to go all the way across Europe and play a Europa League qualifier and then having a Sunday game and getting beat and then again, and then again, and then again. They were they were keeping their head above water, and they knew once they got into the group stages, things would ease out a little bit, and they'd be able to get back to form. And, and that's exactly what they've done. And I think the run they're on now, I think it's 11 games unbeaten mm. in all competitions, fifth in the Premier League table. Uh, yes, there's a long way to go, but I think, yeah, we, we do have to look at, maybe we underestimated them, Santo, the players, and they're doing absolutely brilliantly. Is it a bit weird at the moment that you rarely hear Wolves players being linked with the bigger clubs like Jota <laughs> and Jimenez and Dendonka and whatnot. It's quite rare that these players who are performing well week in, week out, they don't get linked with a Manchester United or an Arsenal. I think Nuno Santos does. But, but I think that's a big part of it. I think the the links between Jorge Mendes and Nuno Santo and the way that he's able to create this uh, Portuguese contingent, obviously they benefited from the situation at Sports in Lisbon, but that's exactly what they've done. They've created a situation whereby... They know if these players keep performing, then maybe a big bid will come in. But for now, they've created an environment where they're all happy, they're all performing, they're all, with the greatest respect, they're all big fish in smallish or medium-sized, in mm. a medium-sized pond. And that's how that's how Santo has created this situation. And, and, it's, and it's a tie-in between all those players involved, Mendes as well, Santo, and that's keeping everybody happy. But similarly to, to, to Klopp, as we mentioned before, so much of this is tied into the manager and the work that he's done. It's it's a little bit of a, a Jenga block. You have to be very careful about which things you move or change because it can, can upset the whole situation. Manchester United obviously matched the result 4-0 against <clears throat> AZ Alkmaar, which as you say, Marley, they're doing all right, but at the same time, if they hadn't beaten them 
there probably would have been questions mm. asked about the result. The impressive part of the result, or certainly the <laughs> individual who is getting the attention, is Greenwood at the moment, who scored two and became Manchester United's youngest ever scorer of a double in Europe. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer afterwards said he was like Wayne Rooney. The exact quote is, I played with Wayne Rooney, but this is Wayne Rooney. (laughs) I played with Wayne Rooney, but in terms of natural finishing, Mason is one of the best I've ever seen. Mm. Are we getting a bit excited about Mason Greenwood too soon, or is he a real talent? Uh, It's a bit of both, I think. Um, He's certainly talented. Um, He's the most impressive player I've ever seen with both feet. As in, you genuinely can't tell which foot is stronger. You can the only way you know what foot he is is when you see him take a free kick or uh, sorry, a penalty. Mm. Because I've seen him score free kicks with both feet. How many people can do that? That's that's yeah. un unbelievable talent, and it gives you so much more to your game when you can use both feet because the defenders simply don't know which way to show yeah, you. Yeah. Imagine you remember Iron Robin. Le- all, all left foot, wasn't he? So if he's going down the right, he's going to cut inside onto his left. Easy to and defend if, against. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he made a career out of it. He was absolutely brilliant <laughs> at cutting inside and scoring, but he was always only going to do one thing. So if you look at someone like Greenwood, and he's, he can cut inside onto his left, he can go out on his right. He's a very, very promising striker. He just needs a few more, few more minutes and a few more. Um, positive performances in the Premier League. Because it's almost the expectation is too soon for him because he is Maybe. one of Manchester United's main yeah. threats now going forward. They've got four Maybe, attacking yeah. options and he's one of them, which is a lot of pressure for... A, is he 19 or is he 18? He's 18. 18-year-old. Yeah. yeah, so um, it's just... Uh, that's the culture at Man United though, isn't it? Um, Rashford did it to... Uh, made his debut in 2016, so three years ago now. Um, players have done it all through the years. Obviously, they signed Rooney at a young age. Um, they've had a lot of promising young strikers that they've brought through over the years, so he's the latest off the conveyor belt, and he looks he looks very, very promising. I mean, that's the thing about Manchester United, and Mason Greenwood playing this weekend coming, or for that matter, any of the academy products, if some, one of them plays against Everton, any of the academy products, that makes it their 4,000th game yeah. in a row in which an academy product has been on the pitch. I mean, we can caveat that slightly by saying one of those academy products is... Jesse Lingard, but still, it's pretty impressive to see that it is part of Manchester United's ins- DNA. Insane statistic goes back to 1937. Wow, that's the closest. I think the closest it's ever been to um, collapsing was Clayton Blackmore in the in the 90s, something like that. He was the only one in the squad, and he was on the bench. Um, and he came on to score the winner when they won one nil. So it all worked wow. out. It all worked out very well. Um, I think John O'Shea was at one point one of the only ones as well, um, and he stayed on the bench in the game. But that's an unbelievable stat. Like you can kind of, if you break it down, you can kind of look at it as if foreign players didn't come into the Premier League till like the nineties. So really, it was all quite regionalized before then. Mm. But also, when you're one of the biggest clubs around, you can buy players even even if they're not from your academy like it let's say they're not abroad foreign players you can still go and buy the best players from like Newcastle or someone like that yeah, if yeah. you were Man United back in the day but they've they've had a philosophy and I mean, it's not just young homegrown players yeah. that's the thing is it it's not just young English talent it's people that have actually come through the youth team and the reserves team yeah which yeah. makes it particularly special yeah for Arsenal at the moment Fergal there's not many positives 
Um, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the draw was Standard Liège, like I say, they were 2 0 down at one point. They would have had to lose 5 0, I think, to Standard Liège to not go through. I was worried about round. that at one point. <laughs> yeah, it they did. tried the hardest. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was on the cards. <laughs> so I'm going to try and pull a positive out of this. And the oh, positive God. from Arsenal this season is the young players. I think undoubtedly, if you were going to try and find a positive, it would be that. And Saka scored again last night. Yeah, uh, that's what I like about you, Jim. You'll always, you'll always try and find something <laughs> positive about Arsenal, even um, when there's nothing. Even when there's, yeah, even when there's nothing. Um, yeah, I would agree. It's a pity we've generally only really seen them in the Europa League, uh, particularly under Unai Emery. But I think one thing that Jungberg has has said right from the word go since he came in on this interim caretaker basis is that he will give the younger players a chance in the first team and in the Premier League. And so far, he's kind of st- stayed true to his word. Um, Sacco is Sacco is a player that I really like mm. from the young players that have come through. Obviously, it's always the case with fan bases. They argue over, no, 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 he's the best young player. No, he's... Yeah, yeah. For me, Saka is the best of this crop, even more than Joe Willock, who's, who's probably been the one that's been touted the most. Uh, really intelligent with the ball, makes great decisions when he's in an attacking situation. Great cross for Lacazette's goal last night and then got his own goal. And I just like the temperament of him. There was He was having a bit of needle with some of the aged defenders. Doesn't rise to it. He just gets on with the game takes a quick free kick if he gets brought down you know, there's no kind of messing around but <clears throat> you are right it is it's, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack at the moment looking for a positive about Arsenal it is something I'm pleased about I'd like to see a little bit more of them in league games Martinelli as well I think his apologies for bringing it up but his performance against West Ham was brilliant it was but it's still too few f- too few and far between it's only West Ham now. for Arsenal thanks for digging me out of that one <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I'd like to see more of them in the league uh, but that will ultimately depend on how long Jungberg sticks around for. I mean, last night going two 0 down, does that just does that just strengthen the case that the manager, a new manager, needs to be brought in to Arsenal as soon as possible? Because yeah. Yeah. Lundberg hasn't really had an impact. Yeah. He's not exactly setting the world alight, is he? I'd agree with that completely. Um, Jungberg coming. In, I mean, there's. There's nothing to take from Youngberg, be it good or bad. He, he's just there. Like you watch his <laughs> press conferences, you see him on the bench. It's not that he's got negative body language or po- there's just nothing. He's just there. He's just you know, part of the furniture. I'm, I'm looking around the studio now, trying to think of an example. The only thing maybe he's the, Chris, the Christmas tree of the. He kind of looks good, and people think, "Oh, that's a, that's a nice thing to look at." And aren't we happy with this? But he's not actually doing anything. Uh, apologies if you've got a really nice Christmas tree. I'm sure you're happy with it, but. <laughs> That's the situation with Jungberg. He's he's there. The fans are all patting themselves on the back, saying, "Isn't this great?" But really, he's not really doing anything. He's only won one game since we came in. That was the West Ham game. We were really poor in the Brighton game before that. We weren't great against West Ham. Probably benefited from their arguably the one side in the league that have less confidence than Arsenal at the moment. Um, and the performance last night was was really really bad. Marley was obviously joking about the pitch, but yeah, I agree. It's no excuse. The pitch was bad. Mm. It was bad for Liège. And it, it was terrible. And there was only a 15-minute spell where Saka really put his mark on the game that changed the results. Otherwise, it would have been another defeat for, for Jungberg. Well, there we go, boys. We got through talking about the Europa League. That was uh, Congratulations, everyone, for surviving that one. The, the draw for the next round is on Monday, and there's so many permutations and oh, various yeah. teams involved that I'm not even going to attempt to go into it now. We'll try and look at that on Monday's podcast. But one thing we can say is it's good for English football, the amount of English and British teams, for that matter, that are through to the last yeah, stage. all nine of, through. Yeah, it? exactly, mm-hmm. for yeah. the Champions League and the Europa League. So it shows the Premier League is bossing it 
in terms of Europe at the moment. Uh, before we move on to transfer rumours and get some advice from our fantasy football guru, there is one story that has been on a few of the back pages of the papers today, and that is Pep Guardiola's contract. Apparently he has a secret break clause in his Manchester City contract that allows him to walk away at the end of the season. I'm not entirely sure how secret this clause is, because I remember this being talked about when he signed the extension, that if certain conditions were met, he yeah. could walk away at the end of this season, essentially. But I guess it's just going to strengthen those rumours that this could be his last in England. Yeah, I think it's definitely a small S secret in the fact that everyone knows about this big secret. Um, I think it's a situation whereby he will decide what happens, not the club. Mm. There's very few managers that are able to do that in their their jobs in the Premier League. He is one of them. Um, And I think ultimately this depends on how the Champions League finishes for them this season. He's made no secret of the fact that that's his target, that's his objective with Manchester City. There was a great quote from from Klopp about the two of them a few weeks ago where he said, I've got his trophy and he's got my trophy. <laughs> and, and I think that's exactly the situation that they're in. Yeah. Um, and Guardiola does not have a record for sticking around for a long time. We're talking about three-season, four-season managers. Guardiola arguably kick-started that amongst the elite managers. And I think... If it's not the end of this season with this secret, not so secret clause, I think it'll be next season. I think he's probably got one more chance after this to win the I Champions disagree League with before that he walks away. Bit. Because I think, it, again, we'll talk about the cycles. I think he is obviously coming to the end of a cycle now with that Manchester City team. <coughs> it needs some revision. It needs some new blood in it. And I don't think he'll either walk away at the end of this season or he'll extend because there's a rebuilding job that needs to be done. Do you get, do you, do you get That's the only two things he can do. No, 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 he couldn't because he's no, because he could stay for another year or yeah. So his contract at the end finishes 2021. So he's got a year left after this one. Right. So okay. I think he'll either walk away now or extend for another inverted commas cycle. Klopp style. Right. Okay. So I, I, I can't see him do. I can't see him just staying for another year because I think that would be mid rebuild. Yeah, you can't do the full rebuild in in one summer I don't think because if he could I think he'd have done it already mm. uh, yeah I, yeah there is there is a we, so, we talked about it before haven't we There's, there is a change coming on the horizon the likes of David Silva's going to leave um, Aguero will probably go after he'll probably have one more season and then go you look at Fernandinho will be he's 34 now so he'll be 36 by the time Aguero goes as well so they could go as a pair, they've got no centre backs. Otamendi's thirty-one, I think, and and crap to boot. Um, <laughs> so he needs replacing or putting out or taking out into the woods and <laughs> with a shotgun and you know it's thing, the kind thing to do. Yeah, just just put him out his <laughs> out his misery. He'll go to West Ham. He'll, <laughs> same thing. he'll definitely the fo- go to West Ham. The footballing or t- and he'll be <laughs> he'll be so bad. It'll be him and Balbuena at the back just getting absolutely hammered. Um, but yeah, there, there needs to be a lot more money spent, and everybody needs to decide what whether they've got the energy to go again. Basically, mm. Guardiola does he want to to do another cycle? I think everything's in place for him to do it. Soriano's there, um, and. Bigiristein as well, so he's got the infrastructure he wants in an ideal world. He has got the ideal job. It's just whether he fancies that challenge. And I think with Klopp staying, I think that I think it's hard to walk away from that challenge because people will say you ran away from you Klopp because it. you couldn't get do away from him. That's it. Do you think that will be the little bait I, on the hook that he needs? To I stay? hope that's the spark that keeps him to stay and say, right, we're not having them lot win that. Mm. Win, yeah, win, win everything again so I think he'll go yeah I'm up I'm up for this I'll prove myself 
at the end proven of, itself everywhere else. At the end of the day, this talk of breaks in contracts is ridiculous anyway, because mm. as we said, if a manager wants to leave, they leave. Any, any job, any yeah. job anywhere, if you want to leave, you go. But that's what, yeah. that's one of the advantages Man City have. I don't think he would, there is another job out there that he'd want because they've built the infrastructure around him and they've done it so mm. uniquely that nobody else, nobody else has done that. Like, well, we, no... we don't know what other clubs are doing. Potentially, we don't know whether PSG well, are doing something similar at the moment. Well, unless they hire Soriano and Bagiristein, who he's been with all his career, then you're That'd doing it wrong. Really. <laughs> That's a telltale sign. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Right, we're going to look at some of the other things on the back pages of the papers at the moment. Like I say, I'm getting close to Christmas at the moment. There's football journalists working themselves into a lather, trying to come up with transfer window-related rumours. So we'll go through some of them in a minute. Plus, we'll get some fancy football advice from the guru, Kieran. Stay there. This is Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled down the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Football Social Daily, this is your only Premier League podcast. I'm Jim, Marley's here, Fergal's here as well. We're going to take a look at some of the stories on the back pages of the paper. Let's start with Paul Pogba, who apparently is staying at Manchester United. That's what Goal.com are claiming at the moment. There's been loads of rumours recently that he could be off in January. Now they're saying he's going to stay. What are our feelings on this one? Because it feels a little bit weird to me. The fact he isn't playing for Manchester United and the fact that the injury that he has is so vague and unspecific, mm-hmm. it seems to suggest to me he could be off. But then we've got reports saying he's definitely going to stay. I think when you look at the situation with, with his injury, you, you're exactly right. It's constantly getting extended without any sort of great reason as to why. And I think the way Solskjaer operates, he doesn't want a Pogba or a Pogba-style character in mm. his team. I think he's very much based on, you know, the, the whole is greater than the individual and Pogba doesn't fit that mould. Uh, that's why Real Madrid, who are consistently linked with him, are exactly the team for him because they're all about the individuals. Um, they've got a midfield that are all ticking over 30 now other than Federico Balberde. Um, and I think he's, ta- he's tailor-made for either a move to Real Madrid or, or PSG. I think what's potentially more likely is Real Madrid will see the situation he has at United. They don't really want to pay the money that United are asking. I think it's around 120, 125 they're asking for him. They can just sit and wait. He's only got about 14 months to run on his contract. They can sit that out. Real Madrid have done that before. They've sat it out, waited for a, you know elite-level players to run their contract down. It's likely what they'll do with Christian Eriksen next summer. And I think that's going to be their aim. But that's going to leave Paul Pogba in a situation whereby he's kicking his heels between now and the end of his contract. But I think the way he's behaved, Solskjaer won't have a problem with that. And I think many Manchester United fans won't have a problem with that either. If he Mm. is being rested at the moment, though, if he is, this injury is a fictitious injury and it's all about protecting an investment rather than actually protecting a player's legs, then that suggests he is off in January. Because they're not gonna they're not gonna keep him wrapped in cotton wool for the eighteen months of their contract. I think it's a case of United would be okay with him leaving in January. Would Real Madrid be willing to pay one hundred twenty five million in January? Okay, I, see. I don't think so. Would you want I, if you were Solskjaer? Would you want ninety million quid or would you want Paul Pogba? Depends which Paul Pogba, which one turns up. A fully focused 
on the on his on his game top of the range Paul Pogba is probably worth 150 million so you can stick your 90 million but a half-assed not interested Paul Pogba is worth about 9 quid so <laughs> just anyone will pay that take him um it depends if you, it depends on his motivation he he seems a very emotional player as in he's if he's up for it he, do you remember Moussa Sissoko in the World Cup or was it the Euros Euros 2016 when he pulled on that France shirt and he was just a beast and all the yeah. Newcastle fans were like who is this because he's absolutely sh- for us every week <laughs> it's like it's it's almost like that except with Sissoko it was kind of like you knew when he was going to perform on the big stage he was going to have a good game but with Pogba it's like it's what what how he wakes up in the morning. Sometimes he's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it must be kind of frustrating, but it depends whether he's got that respect for Solskjaer to play for him enough to to produce his top form. I don't think he um, does. And I, yeah, it's it, 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 that's the the million dollar question. But when he does leave Man uh, Man United, I think he'll go to PSG. If he does go in January, if there is a bit of money to spend at Manchester United, the Mirror are reporting there are two main targets. One of them is Borussia Dortmund's Jadon Sancho. And the other one is Christian Eriksen. Why? <laughs> what? What's the point? No, Eriksen. Eriksen's quality, but he's always seemed to want him to go to Madrid. Mm. How old is he? Twenty-eight. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Oh, so uh, he's not too old. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I just don't see that. I just don't see the need in. Him? What about Sancho? More there seems everyone. to be a bit of a clamour for Sancho from Sancho's many Premier League dream. clubs at the moment. It's a pipe dream. To the United or just... Just he, to United. It looks to like United. he come to the Premier League. To United, yeah. it's a pipe dream. To ever, anywhere else, it's it's on. Where do you think he'll He's a Londoner. Though? Probably got a Chelsea, if anything. But you know my thoughts on Sancho to Man United. I've, I've said, said, it, said it before. I don't think Man United have got the pull for him, basically. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think... We're not talking about Manchester United of a few years ago. I think if you're Jaden Sancho, Jaden Sancho, you know exactly who you are. You know your market value. You know where your career is going. It's going in a different direction to Manchester United. Um, yeah, Chelsea, obviously, uh, being from London, I don't think he'd fancy going back to City. I think he was quite clear about yeah. he wasn't happy with the way City treated him. So mm. I'd say it's probably toss of a coin between Chelsea and, and Liverpool. Chelsea's been quite public in the last week or so. Uh, I think Lampard said directly they were looking at someone to replace Eden Hazard's goals and assists <laughs> in the January transfer well, market. Well, who does that lead you to? Well, Sancho could be the option. The other option, according to the Evening Standard, is Wilfred Zahar, who no. is now a target for Chelsea. Would he fit in? Would he provide those goals or assists? No. He's got one goal this season, hasn't he? Yeah. I think, but it's very different playing in the Chelsea oh, team than playing for Crystal Palace. It is, but it is. I just think <clears throat> the, the same thing exists with Zaha all the time. Consistency. You watch him play, <clears throat> and an interesting thing about him is that defenders always talk about how difficult he is to play against. James Milner did an interview a couple of months ago saying he's the hardest player to mark. He's yeah. had two red cards against him, but it's not enough. Like As Marley said, one goal this season. You watch him play, he does have talent. He's really good in one-on-one situations in beating players, but time and again his actual output just isn't of the level of a Champions League potentially where does he team go? pushing where does he go then Zahar because it feels like he has the potential to make that step up it didn't work at Manchester United he's gone back to Palace yeah. he's 27 now so if he is going to make that step up at any point he needs to make it now doesn't he? Now, I yeah. think that the Everton talk in the summer was probably his level in the end obviously it fell through and they made the bizarre choice to go for Alex Iwobi instead um, I think that's probably his level I think just outside the Champions League, he he's good enough for Europa League side, and I think he'd be a good player for someone on that level. 
but I don't think any more than that. I think, again, to be in a top four team in an attacking position, you need to be, your numbers need to be there. Hazard, obviously, is mentioned as Zaha could replace him at Chelsea. But when you look at attacking players, Liverpool, City, Chelsea themselves, Tottenham, mm. it's numbers, assists, goals, in big games where it counts against their rivals. I don't see Zaha giving that level of consistency. Let's finish with a bit of a laugh with our paper chat. Let's talk about West Ham, uh, <laughs> which isn't so much the players as the boss at the moment. Pellegrini is widely reported to have the game against Southampton this weekend to save his job. But if you believe a lot of the rumours doing the rounds at the moment, he's already half out the door. A replacement is being lined up. Various names being touted around. Two names have caught my eye. These, I mean, these are completely different ends of the footballing spectrum at the moment. The star is reporting that Mauricio Pochettino oh, is being lined up the to star? replace Manuel okay. Pellegrini. Well, it's a star. <laughs> Which I, think, I don't think we even need to comment on that, do we, really? Even no. if West no. Ham have an intention of bringing in Pellegrini, which they don't because they would never pay that kind of fee, Pellegrini would be insane to go to West Ham. The other name... Pochettino. Which chills me to my Pellegrini's bones. Pellegrini's there. Sorry, Pochettino. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the other name that uh, chills me to my bones is Harry Redknapp, according to Football oh, Insider. Oh, Jesus. Being touted as the next West Ham oh, manager. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Uh, really? I, really. Well, I mean, this... this it's, Don't it's, upset it, yourself, it, Jim. Don't be reading these things. It's a strange season, Who's isn't it? That? That's uh, Football Insider who are coming up with that one. All right. Then. I mean, I, I imagine if you went to Redknapp and said, Jesus do you want West. to go to West Ham? He'd talk about it being a top, 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 top club and how his mate John Terry could get in there and <laughs> knock him into shape. You stop doing a few of them adverts that he has to do at <laughs> yeah. the But it does seem like a ridiculous step. If West Ham appointed Harry Redknapp as their new boss, oh. it would be more of a step back than appointing David Moyes, who has been linked, appointing Sam Allardyce, who has been linked. Wow. Imagine yeah. So imagine if that happened and then, and then you looked at this, the landscape of the Premier League and you had Moyes at Everton and Redknapp at West Ham. It's like it's like you've gone into a coma 15 years ago <laughs> and you've awoken from it. You've woken into a nightmare. You said, oh, who's the, who's the West Ham manager? Harry Redknapp. Oh, nothing's changed then. <laughs> Put oh, me back well, under. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I thought I was out for years. It's been 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, who do West Ham turn to? I'm struggling Not with Harry Redknapp. One. The name's being linked. I mean, I'm a West Ham fan, obviously. Mark Hughes. The name's being linked in the moment. But that wouldn't be that bad compared to some of them. <laughs> David Moyes, Harry Redknapp. Sam Allardyce, it's the usual, usual being linked. And none of, none of the names being linked are it's inspiring like, me in any way. So why would you get rid of Manuel Pellegrini? It's like yeah. rooting through a skip <laughs> trying to find some dinner. <laughs> that is a horrific list. And that says, for me, just stick with Pellegrini. Just hope he's going to get it right. Because you're not going to find a, a fillet steak in a skip. No. <laughs> and I think, you, Jim, you've said this before about Teflon managers. It is. Mm. It's, it's, the, it's the old boys. It's the gang that are always linked with these jobs. And yeah, I agree with Marley. I think... Pellegrini, yes, he's having a tough time, and and I do feel sorry for him. You look at him, and he looks like he's struggling for ideas and how to motivate himself and the team. But mm. Pellegrini's still an elite manager. He won the league with Manchester City. He's still a really, really good manager. And these these chances that you've just listed off have won nothing. But unfortunately, there still seems to be this appetite within the Premier League for oh, give them another chance, mm. give them another chance. I have a theory on why this is by the way, which oh. I will share very quickly. I wasn't going to talk about this. Another so one of Jim's theories. It's a good theory, this one. <laughs> the reason that the likes of David Moyes and Sam Allardyce and Harry Redknapp constantly get linked with these big jobs again and again is because of people like us who talk about football a lot and have a platform to do so, particularly on certain national talk radio, sports-based radio stations. When they're asked <laughs> about new, talented foreign managers... They haven't got a clue who they're talking about. They don't yeah. heard of these names, so they have a default position. And their default position is, 
why not give it to an English manager and they reel off the same people? It's kind of like a, it's to stop themselves looking stupid, essentially. Yeah. And so this yeah. cycle if, continues and continues. If you asked Allardyce or uh, who else is on it? Um, Hughes, Moyes. Yeah, yeah, any of them three who Ralph Hasenhutl was before he came to Southampton, he wouldn't have a clue. If you ask them now who Julian Nagelsmann or Marco Rose was, they wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. I mean, you just and the three of the Paul, best young managers in the world. Yeah. Paul Merson, when Hull appointed well, Marco Silva. Oh, God. And he went on a rant about who is he, what's he won, what's yeah. wrong with English. It's kind of a default position, and that's why we end up in this endless cycle. Yeah. Round but then, and round and round. But then, as, as things progress, obviously most managers fail at their jobs sooner or later. Merson will be sat there now going, well, I was right, he's been crap. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you've missed the point, you absolute gammon. <laughs> you've just missed it. You, 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 oh. But there's, there's no, there's no oh, yeah. uh, consequence for these. I read a stat the other day which said, since the Premier League has started, an English manager has only finished in the top four on three or four occasions, mm. Bobby Robson being the main one of all yes. of that. These managers have been given opportunities, you know. But the you, argument would be they haven't. They haven't been given the big jobs. Like but the, Sam Allardyce but always the, said, I haven't given, I'm not oh, Sam Allardyce. But there's, a, re, there's oh, yeah. a reason for that. Like, no top club looked at what he did at Bolton and went, I want a piece of that. This whole thing with <laughs> Arsenal, where yeah. they used to get good results against Arsenal. The Arsenal board wasn't finishing the game and going, do you know what? Maybe we should get, maybe we want a slice of that action. <laughs> yeah, when, they weren't. When he was signing players for Bolton, Man United weren't looking at him and going, I love how he's found Yuri Jokaev on a free. <laughs> we want a bit of before, that. Yeah. We need Kevin Davis leading our attack. Yeah, Let's yeah. get Allardyce in. Right, from real managers to fantasy football managers, <laughs> it is time to welcome in our fantasy football guru, Kieran Howley. Hello, Kieran. Hi, you're right. Beautiful headdress you've got on today. Oh, thank you. You're really dressing the part (laughs) as our fantasy football guru now. I appreciate it. Yeah, I thought it's Christmas, so I theme it up as well, go for the full red and white robes. Okay. Right, well, we're getting into December, so we're getting into some heavy fantasy football time. Loads of games coming up and loads of transfers to be made as well. Got some questions for you today, starting with Sammy, who just says, Tammy Abraham, yes or no? Chelsea seems to be losing a lot right now or losing the plot a little bit. So do I need to get rid of him now before he starts his inevitable goal drought? What are we saying on Tammy Abraham? <laughs> well, I think goal drought being inevitable is a bit um, <laughs> a bit fortuitous. But uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he, he's got good fixtures. His form has dipped. Mm. He's sort of been in the top three strikers for shots on target and shots in the box. But he has also been injured. He's played, uh, he's played less minutes than his contemporaries and his people around his bracket. If you look at his stats, he's got 14 shots in the box which is sixth among four strikers. Uh, six shots uh, on target, which is eighth, but he has played less minutes than all other people ahead of him. Um, so uh, for shots shots on target per minute, he's actually up there with the rest. His fo- fixtures are in sort of the top half of the table. He's got Bournemouth, Tottenham, Southampton, Arsenal and Brighton mm. across his next f- uh, five. So I personally am going to stick with him. Um, if... His, he looks worse than his other uh, striking options because of minutes played, but there's nothing to say he's that he's going to be rested across cheap the rest. option, isn't he? He's still not that expensive compared to the top-performing strikers. Yeah, i say the only the only person cheaper than him that looks like a better option is probably uh, Jimenez, okay. but he's going into a really tough fixture run. So Jimenez, for example, he's first for chances created, as much as he's created 15 across the last six game weeks, 28 shots in the box, puts him first among all strikers. And 11 shots on target puts him second among all strikers. Uh, and he's the cheapest out of probably any of the semi-premium to premium striker lot, which makes him look favourable. But then 
He's got Spurs, Norwich, City, Liverpool and Watford across his next five. And so you'd assume he's going to struggle. Okay. So I would only move to Jimenez if you think he's fixture-proof. But otherwise, I think Abraham still hasn't really got a competitor at that price bracket. Okay, Stick with Tammy, Sammy. Stick with it for now. <laughs> right, Little Dave says, I've been putting off getting Vardy in for a few weeks now, despite his form. Is he now too expensive to justify transferring him in? Uh, oh, the, face, yeah. the, the scrunched Ooh. up face. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so his price not. is 10.1 at the moment. What did uh, it start at the beginning of the season? I think it's nine and a half. Yeah. I think it was up there with Firmino yeah, at nine less. and a half. Oh, it might have been nine then. I'd I need think to it double check. Yeah. Uh, it was either nine or nine and a half. And um, there's always the psychological aspect of thinking you're not getting as much of a bargain as anyone else mm. because they might have got him earlier. Um, but we should just be looking at points spent against points rewarded at this point. And he's the informed player of the whole league. Yeah. Um, he scored seven across his last six. His underlying numbers show that he's probably going to maintain that. 20 shots in a box puts him second among all strikers. Uh, 13 shots on target puts him first among all strikers. His fixture list is Norwich, City and Liverpool, which looks like one good followed by two difficult. Um, but then goes into uh, West Ham and Newcastle. Norwich City, as in Norwich, then Manchester City, then Liverpool? Yes, okay, sorry. Not Norwich <laughs> yes. City, Liverpool. Okay, no, no, there's no. only one city for you. <laughs> yes, uh, sorry. As a City fan, I do uh, abbreviate too quickly. Uh, Norwich, Manchester City and then Liverpool. Um, but even City, you know, been ropey at the back recently. So but, I imagine he's probably going to pick up. Vardy's had a, one of them amazing records against top six as well. Hasn't oh, he? Yes, Over the years, he's genuinely very good against top six. Yeah, he's quick and he plays behind teams. So teams that are likely to bunch up uh, and, and play with a high line. Uh, so teams historically, like even when City had you know, one of the best defences in the league, um, he, he would get results at. So th- there are certain fit players you look at and you consider them fixture-proof, so you don't really look at their fixtures because you know they're always going to get opportunity. Vardy does tend to sit in that bracket. Uh, so I, I would still be buying. If if you're one of the few who are yet to bring in Vardy, uh, I think you just have to bite your pride and go for it. Okay. Last question comes from Mr. P, who says, I'm starting to get tempted by Marcus Rashford as a striking option. Obviously not the best striker out there, but I think he's play. He's a player that not many other people have at the moment. Do the stats back any of this up? Uh, yeah, they do. The only, only thing that makes me nervous about him is that he, he doesn't play as the lead. And so I'm always nervous of people who are out of position and playing on wings. And his heat maps show that he's really spending most of the time in the left wing and not mm. actually getting into the box that much, particularly when he compares heat map to people like Vardy and Jimenez. Um, but his stats, stats are strong. Uh, so he's he's fourth of all strikers for shots in the box, 16. Uh, nine shots on target, again, puts him in fourth. And his fixture lists look great. Everton, Watford, Newcastle, Burnley and Arsenal probably puts him in one of the more favourable brackets. But I'm just, I, I will be nervous getting him in because Martial plays ahead of him. But could he be that differential? that little? Because that's what you're looking for, isn't it? Something that, like, the margins. With, with Vardy, mm. you get Vardy in and just everyone's got Vardy, so it makes very little difference. With Rashford, maybe it's the one player that could give you that edge. One yeah, week. but then he's not actually, so he's a differential over Vardy, but he's any United player who's even on semi-form doesn't, doesn't really become much of a differential because they have so many fans. As soon as they start to get any points, the bandwagon shifts onto them very quickly. Right, okay. So he's he himself has gone up 0.4 uh, million since he started. So even if you think no one else has got him, uh, he's not the 8.5 he originally came in at. 
So uh, I, I think you're not as much of a point difference for anyone else. I game out fixtures over form. Um, but m- my in principle is you look for people who are consistently getting touches in the box and in those key positions to, to convert. So I'd be more likely to take a chance on Rashford even uh, on Martial, even though Rashford's got all the okay. points to date. So maybe not go for Rashford yet. Uh, I, I wouldn't, but I could very easily be uh, biting for my own words. Rashford hat trick incoming. Yeah, <laughs> you watch yeah, it. Yeah. I, I can see that working out, but for myself, I'm looking at that you can only have three strikers. So I'm probably putting Vardy, Abraham, and Jimenez ahead of Rashford. Okay. Um, but if if you can't afford, say. Uh, Vardy, I think Rashford's a very good option. If you can't get that 10.1, you haven't gone with him so far. Kieran, the guru, thank you very much for coming on Football Social Daily. Uh, That's it for today's show. Fergal, Marley, thank you very much for your input as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe to this show. You'll get our weekend shows as soon as they're ready. That includes our weekend preview, which will be available, well... I was going to say how long it would be till it's available, but it depends when you're listening to the podcast. It will be available soon. We'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Sports Social. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumba no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus